0: Welcome to the latest Nine Hertz Podcast. I'm joined uh, on the kitchen table again with uh, Laura Way. So we've been talking about how to actually introduce <laughs> Laura today, but I think I'll let her do it herself, basically. We've been in a band together and we've we played in yeah. bands in Lincoln. yeah. Um, but we talked about all sorts, I mean, the research you've been doing around female punk stuff mm-hmm. and... The fact that we're going to talk about the film that you're screening in Lincoln soon mm-hmm. as well. So that's a load to sort of process.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but I guess I, I always like to try and start things like by saying, how do we know each other? So I guess mm. we've not known each other that long, have we? I guess like five, six years maybe? Uh Yeah, about
1: maybe more, four or five years.
0: maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So um, obviously I know Dean really well and... You're with
1: Dean. <laughs> that had to go in there somewhere, it does, didn't it? Yeah, like awkwardly Laura, it the in. partner of Dean yeah, from that's not Tiger, who you are. Warsaw. <laughs> Um Yeah, so I think I met you originally through Dean. Um, and then I think it was at Arc Tangent, wasn't it? One year we kind of jokingly said about yeah. doing a band, a yeah. band for which I had a name but had no kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah. thing beyond that. Um, so we did. The Bruxelles or Brussels yeah. party for
0: about a year, wasn't it?
1: About a year, yeah. I think up that until. was the
0: thinking, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a natural end to that. For those that don't know, Laura was like heavily pregnant when we were actually recording stuff for that band, so that was the reason it ended, I guess. But
1: yeah.
0: I Dean always said like he wanted to do a band for a year. Yeah. And just um. Record a lot and. Yeah, that was my understanding. I just went along with it. It was great. <laughs> One of Dean's ideas. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, it was very much like we we tried to do something every month, didn't we? It was just kind of get in there, get some songs done as quick as possible, record them as quickly as possible, and get it out on a kind of month by month basis. And then there was meant to be like this expiry date of a year, but it ended up being a bit earlier because I found yeah. out I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Um. But I think I managed until. Pretty much nine months, so I was quite impressed.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I remember you, have your, you had your bass <laughs> on your stomach, like just protruding, and it was mm. quite comical in the end, to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I listened back to them not long ago, and they're actually okay. Like considering we literally wrote them, and Dean would sort of shout the beat at me, and I would play it. Yeah. And, and then it just kind of happened. They're pretty good.
1: Yeah, they're not bad. I'm proud of them. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, they're not bad for what they were. Yeah. yeah, not bad at yeah.
0: all. Yeah. So I don't think I saw any <laughs> any of your bands before. Um. So what kind of music was it? Well, I'm guessing? I'm guessing punk.
1: Well, I was only um, I was only in one other band in Lincoln before that. So um, I moved up to Lincoln about ten or eleven years ago, and just before, because I lived in Newark for a year, and just before I moved from Newark, I was looking to find some kind of band in Lincoln. Um, and saw an advert for a band that wanted a basis, and it was Disarray. Mm. Um, so it was kind of, you know, crusty kind of punk. So played in that for a year until it all kind of fell apart for whatever reasons. Um, but before that, when I was living down in Weymouth, um, I played in a band called Vexed, which I did for about six years. All right, cool. Um, and that's probably, yeah, my main kind of band.
0: Cool. So did you tour with that band or
1: Yeah, so we did yeah. um we did a couple of kind of small scale, like very kind of DIY tours. Um but yeah, I loved it and I just remember because I was doing my A levels at the time, I'd be right. there in the back of the van with my English coursework, yeah. like trying to do it whilst <laughs> swigging out of a bottle of Lambrino no doubt or whatever it was. Yeah, I, f- I feel Lambrino. like we've all been there in some
0: <laughs> some way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah mm. those those early band days are like possibly the best, I think you kind of you're just learning how to do it aren't you and it's mm. kind of just interesting like meeting new people and yeah yeah spending a lot of time in vans and yeah at service stations and in weird pubs that you've never seen before yeah it was
1: um yeah some of the places we went to were very interesting but I absolutely
0: yeah I absolutely loved it and
1: I don't know I quite often look back on those days as kind of you know yeah <laughs> I'd yeah. love to do that again yeah, but, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I think I tried it like a few years ago, and I feel like I'm too old now. Like I sort of did it a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, "This is great." Did it again. I was like, "Oh, actually, this is why I stopped doing it in the first place." Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we started with the Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. So why did you pick those to start? That's that's a really interesting one. It's, I, I'm guessing it's because it's like for me, they were one of the first bands I heard that were playing punk yeah. kind of stuff. So it's like kind of a similar. Thing yeah.
1: Earlier yeah it is pretty much um so I I mean I grew up with parents that were into kind of more alternative music um and my dad kind of before I was born um was a you know a typical punk you know with his Mohican and all that kind of stuff um so yeah so I heard all of that kind of music you know things like Dead Candies and The Clash and um and I just remember kind of hearing it at home and just thinking you know this is absolutely amazing compared to all the kind of pop music that you get yeah. thrown at you as a kid kind of um you know in the media and from your mates and stuff and yeah I think that's just I don't know it was a real kind of I don't know key moment really it kind of shaped a lot of what I ended up doing throughout my life and a lot of kind of things to do with I don't know my way of thinking and my personal values and stuff like no. that um
0: yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess that kind of early stuff, as like early punk, is a lot more kind of direct as well. So you can kind of get the message straight away. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Jello's lyrics are a bit kind of more abstract and sort of sarcastic. Mm. I guess that's what I like about him anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I find him as a as a front man. He's absolutely fantastic. Mm. I I loved kind of watching videos of how he was kind of live and the way he used his body and things like that and. Um, yeah, just very, very kind of clever lyrics. Um, and I think that, I mean, that reflects in when he does kind of um, talks and things like that as well. You know, he's, he's very kind of clever in what he says. And I think that was the other thing about the Dead Kennedys and some of the other bands that I was kind of hearing was the use of music as well as kind of a platform for speaking out about things. Mm. Um, and that really stuck with me about kind of saying something with music and
0: definitely yeah I'm not sure what we were saying with Brussels party to be honest
1: uh no Making well up the same vein <laughs> weirdly I was thinking about that on the way yeah. over <laughs> Cause I was trying <laughs> to think um because there was minimal lyrics yeah um
0: there was and, only like two or three songs with vocals I think yeah in the end yeah I don't know if there was a message it was just a bit of a some of it sounded like a I don't know, like a joke, but then some mm. of it sounded quite like arty and quite strange. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm sure there's one about your dog. About dog. Yeah, because yeah. he
1: was on one of the EP covers as That's well. That's There was a photo. Yeah. Oh, poor Patch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the deeper meaning was. <laughs> I
0: Don't know if there was. <laughs> we'll ask Dean sometime. I'm sure yeah, we'll, he's the one to sometime,
1: ask for that. I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um we're gonna play through a few songs um that you've picked today. Um one being the next one, which is um, Smashing Pumpkins. So you've picked a B side. Um mm-hmm. quite a long B side, but like <laughs> I, I've not heard this one before, but I, I listened to it and it's a bit of kind of goes through strange kind of sections, doesn't it? Mm. Quite like that. So where did this come into your life? How? <laughs> um
1: Well smashing pumpkins um i first kind of came across smashing pumpkins oddly on top of the pops so they were performing their tonight tonight single i
0: think i remember that yeah Yeah. and it
1: just it really stuck out to me because mostly because of darcy Mm. um, and seeing you know this woman kind of there playing a musical instrument in a band and you know i was really kind of taken by her i just basically thought she was really cool um, and so I ended. I ended up going on quite. A, I became quite obsessive about the Smash Pumpkins for a while, and really, you know, wanted to explore B sides and I wanted to collect all the singles and all that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And this this song, I don't know. It just there was so many B sides that were just so different to mm. other things that they were releasing. Um. And it made you kind of wonder why they were tucking it away. Um. But yeah, I just love this one. It is really lovely. And I did wonder
0: about it. No, we've, we've had Doom bands on who oh, okay. like to play <laughs> like fifteen minute epics. So yeah, don't worry about that at all. That's alright then.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, just and there's some of some of the other B sides as well that they had on one release in particular were just um yeah, just really different to anything else. And there's one where they, they basically had all little snippets of riffs. That perhaps they'd recorded and never fully used, and they just put it all together. And I think it comes in at about fifteen minutes because I nearly chose it, and then I thought, no, that's a bit too much (laughs) of it. But it's just awesome. I really liked that idea of just you know putting it all together like that. Um,
0: So what um, single did this appear on as a B-side?
1: It was the oh god nineteen seventy nine.
0: I think it is. Yeah.
1: I don't know. All I remember is that the it was a reddish kind of cover. Okay. I'm shit with names though. Yeah, I have, have no like idea that. what that one is.
0: <laughs> we'll um, yeah we'll cover that on the uh, on the description. <laughs> we can put that in brackets. It's fine. That's yeah, cool. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I've I've got kind of like a. I came to this band pretty late. I think I think I kind of missed them growing up somehow. I think I remember that performance, and I, I remember thinking this is really strange, mm-hmm. and the video for that. Tonight tonight's song was really odd isn't it? Yeah. With the the moon with the face and everything.
1: Yeah, it's based on um the trip to the moon film Yeah, which I now have as a tattoo because right. of the Right, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course yeah. you would. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um but yeah, I think I got into them, like again because they came out with like an album after all the like all the good ones mm. called um oh, what's it called? Machina. Machines of God.
1: So Machina yeah was a bit it was kind of after have Melancholy. Everyone left as well. Yeah, pretty so much. yeah. pretty much made yeah. that on his own, didn't he? Pretty mu- yeah. Well, according to Billy Corgan, he made everything well, yeah. ever yeah.
0: produced, you know. Yeah, because he's a genius, you know, if that's, yeah. that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got into that album because it was quite interesting, but then I kind of doved into the Pumpkins after that. So, um, have you seen them live? Because that's always yeah. like a weird one to ask people because it's either they were incredible or yeah. they were pretty awful. So... <laughs> so yeah. did you get a mix?
1: Um well my parents ended up they became Smash Pumpkins fans as well. And so they took me the first time to see well, they took me both times. Um and the first time I saw them it was at Shepherd's Bush. Um and it was with it was with Darcy. Mm. Um and yeah it was really it was really good. But the venue itself, I I like that as a venue. Mm. You know, it's it's not too big. And I remember um, it must have been about I don't know, fourteen maybe or something. And I remember going, and then I remember my dad throwing me into the pit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I thanked Dad, um, in the deep end. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, but then the second time I saw them was a real contrast to that. Um, and it was at one of the uh, O2, you know, mm. one of the big London ones. Oh yeah. And I just yeah. hated it. Right. Like it was just too packed. You know, the sound was awful, and it was just, I don't know, that whole, I don't know, all of the kind of emotional experience and stuff that I'd had the first time was just completely lost. Yeah. Um, And they, <laughs> my parents are coming up to stay at the end of this month, because Smashing Pumpkins are playing download. Right. Okay. Um, And they want, they want to go. Wow. Um, wow. And they said to me, do you want, do you want to go as well? And just, i have <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't want to see them again. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know if I'd want to see them now. I no. think the the times may be past. Think, yeah, for me as well. Yeah, it's like the, all the Black Sabbath reunions. I've I've kind of thought I'd love to see them again. but yeah. I've got such good memories of seeing them in like two thousand or something. Yeah, that I don't want to mess with that too much because I don't remember it being like. Oh, this is a bit. Apparently, yeah. they're amazing. You know, but I don't want to risk that. Yeah, in a weird way. So, yeah, yeah, we're strange with music, aren't we, as a species? We're like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I've got these specific memories of a specific time. I want to keep that kind of special. Yeah. Maybe.
1: It's, well, I think, was it you that had the conversation with the Arc when I I'd kind of, I was really, really excited about seeing oh, Glassjaw. Right. Yeah. Like, really excited, yeah. you know, because there was all this kind of emotional investment that I'd put into them and, you know, I'd loved them and, you know, never got to see them live before. And then after all of that kind of build-up, it was just awful.
0: And it ruined it. It was and just it really flat, it. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I just um, would have rather not have seen it. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I saw them a few years before that and mm. they were great, so I don't understand what was happening. No. I've heard since, I don't know if I've told you this, but, like, I've heard that they... Had flown in like after another gig in Europe, yeah. so maybe they were like just a bit knackered. <laughs> yeah, we saw them try to play an hour and a half like really tired. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, Possibly. the atmosphere just wasn't there, was it? It was no. just a bit strange. It's... Yeah, yeah um so yeah, I think we're gonna play this. It's Magic Pumpkin song, if that's alright with huh. It's called Aeroplane Flies <laughs> by. ability to judge distance airplane flies high
2: turns left looks right
0: side there Um, so we're going to talk about Bad Brains next which I I have like a a limited knowledge of this band but I I love what I've heard before so Mm -hmm. like are you a big fan because I think you're either like a a, like a proper big fan of this band or you're kind of like like me and you just like you know they exist and it's they're just there for me
1: yeah yeah I'd say I am yeah Yeah. a big fan of them
0: yeah Um, our old drummer Fred was a massive fan as well really yeah I think he learned to drum to it
1: Really, like, yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, like just for a bit of fun because, like, oh, yeah, he's learning fun. like metal and he's like, Do you know what? I'm just gonna like play as fast as I can with this, yeah. Oh. So, how did you come across this band? Because they're not like on everyone's radar, I don't think, are they? Like, straight away, you kind of have to dig a little bit to find these.
1: Um, yeah, it's I think when I first came across them, it was because when I was playing, um, the band that I played in in Weymouth, um, down south, um. Mm-hmm. I'd, you always get that thing where you obviously people will review the band and comparisons are made. Mm. And there was always, always these kind of common comparisons that were coming out, and it was always things like the Pixies. And sometimes I'd wonder is that purely because obviously there's a female bassist? Is that the only Possibly. comparison? Yeah, lazy. Um, Jim, <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the Minutemen, Minutemen, Minutemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, them. <laughs> Um, who I'd never come across before and so that was quite interesting to then kind of go away and find out about them Um, and Bad Brains and I don't I I don't know I I suppose the Bad Brains comparison might have been because we were quite a kind of fast punk band you know quite short songs Um, but I don't know whether it was also because of the bass lines as well I guess Um, and so I listened to Bad Brains and I absolutely loved them and I don't know, it was, I get drawn to a lot of bands because of the bass guitar and right. how the bass is oh, used yeah. and how it's yeah. played. Um, and I think that was one thing about Bad Brains was that it's not just, you know, it's not a bog-standard idea of playing a bass where you maybe just kind of plod along and you're doing like a single note, you know. Mm. It's more a kind of, I don't know... Using more of the fretboard, basically, yeah, and having the bass maybe sometimes more as a kind of lead, yeah, than yeah. an actual. I don't know of that. Yeah, like <laughs> just like I'm Talking yeah, bullshit. Just, well, no, just
0: like exploring the exploring the notes that, you know, like punks, like typically, like hmm. the three chord stuff, and bassists are there to like almost support the sound. Yeah. Whereas if you hear bands that actually like, yeah have a bit more to sort of say with their instrument that's yeah. interesting isn't it yeah I mean um, I always find like um I mean I could, you could go back to Sabbath or even like Joy Division like mm-hmm. Joy Division's bass lines yeah people I don't think you realise how good they are until yeah. you like listen out for them and they're just they're all over the place and it's mm-hmm. it kind of leads the music in a way so yeah I, I get what you mean yeah definitely yeah so I mean it was it sort of like the um, energy of the band as well because mm. that's what I was associated with Bad Brains. It's always like just raucous and like intense, like straight away.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I've n- I've never seen Bad Brains live, um, but I've seen some bands that do covers yeah. <laughs> of Bad Brains. Yeah. And every time there's a cover of Bad Brains, straight away it will always make me want to get up and kind yeah. of you know get into <laughs> the pit, find the <laughs> pit, and kind yeah, of. Yeah. You know get moving because it is just yeah it's that kind of energy just kind of grabs you yeah um yeah
0: just awesome yeah yeah don't really know well. <laughs> so we're gonna play a like they're all short aren't they pretty much all bad brain songs are kind of yeah i think they're pretty short. yeah but, this um, one's only about a minute isn't it yeah so we'll leave people to sort of uh if you've never heard this band before like you're in for a treat so this is um bad brains with attitude Bad Brains um, we're going to talk about uh, based in Toyland now aren't we so <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> completely unfamiliar with this band but I've, yeah. we've just, just listened to um, um, the song that you've picked um, and it was pretty intense I have to say I quite like it so how did you come across these like all female lineup kind of Riot girl sort of era um, sort of make a big impression on you yeah the time? it's.
1: I think with quite a few bands, it's always that thing, isn't it, that you come across them through, hearing about other bands, and it's kind of mm. connecting up those kind of pathways. Um, so I think, really, it was, first of all, because of hearing Nirvana, and my dad used to play Nirvana, and, you know, I remember when I was a kid, he used to be teaching me bass lines and things like that, like the guitar. Um, and then from Nirvana, started to find out about Hole and Courtney Love. Yeah. And then from there, kind of reading about Courtney Love and kind of her backstory in a sense, I came across Babes in Toyland. Um, and I love, I did love Hole, and, you know, I, I still do like a lot of their stuff. But there was just something kind of extra about Babes in Toyland. Was, I don't know, just kind of more of a rawness, perhaps, that wasn't always there with Hole. Um, and, yeah, it was... It, it made a massive impact on me because they were part of the Riot Girl scene. Mm. Um, so it kind of opened up then exploring all that kind of side of music and seeing how kind of Riot Girl had, had merged as kind of a backlash to punk in a sense. Um, and I, I think that was you know, the moment as well, which then opened me up to looking at feminism just generally. Right. Yeah, sure. And that's had had a massive impact like sure on my life. Um, not just with regards to obviously classing myself as a feminist but also just um, in terms of my academic work yeah. and what I do um, I've always wanted to explore things to do with gender um, all stemming back to this uh, so yeah so it did have a massive impact Yeah. on me
0: yeah it's quite interesting that it's shaped quite a lot of what you do now like I think a lot of people go into careers that they might not have a lot to do with like mm. sort of in terms of values or you know um what they're interested in in their spare time mm. but you've kind of made it your mission to I guess yeah and you always wanted to do that and are you sort of where you thought you'd be just get quite deep in <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah
1: and because I think I've been quite in a way I've been quite kind of lucky because I've been able to find something to do work-wise which yeah pulls upon those kind of feminist values and allows me to explore that um but also as well not just you know the feminism side of things but also looking at punk and music mm. um and it was a really big thing for me when i was doing like back when i was doing my a-levels and I just randomly picked sociology because I needed an extra AS to do. Um, I'd prowled around quite a lot. <laughs> I was in my third year. <laughs> I desperately needed to get to uni somehow. Um, so I just picked up an AS in sociology and didn't attend that much. Um, but I remember one lesson when I like, luckily was there. Um, the teacher just walked in and just started playing the sex pistols. And I was like, why the fuck? Are we, you know, why are we listening to, you know, punk in Um, in class and then he started talking about you know subcultures and the study of subcultures like punk and you know Mm. like all these other ones and and I realized oh I can actually really take things that I'm interested in um and I can actually study them yeah (laughs) and to me that was really that was a real like eye-opener and basically that's why I ended up doing sociology as a degree yeah um because it allowed me to take those interests and study them And then I realised more generally Just how great sociology was Because you could just oh, yeah. critique yeah. society And yeah. think outside the box um, So yeah and that, That's kind of led me to where I am mm. Now in mm. terms of my work
0: Yeah I mean I feel like sociology is, is one subject That like, opens up a lot of people's minds To things that not considered as mm. well um, I mean I remember doing it At, at um, sixth form and it was like we had a very sort of uh, proud working class Liverpoolian teacher, yeah, and he was playing as like the weirdest film. So we watched Scum, we watched <laughs> Boys from the Black stuff in its entirety. Mm. Like it was great, but it, we were like, we're not doing any work. Just kind of watching this <laughs> awesome weird, show. And just stuff. He just showed us so much stuff, and we were like, well. Um, it was split in two as well. So we had a, a teacher that taught kind of like the serious side. Like mm. she, she gave us all the theory and he was just like, well, this is my interpretation of it. So see what you think. Yeah. And I, I love that. So yeah, I, I always kind of regret that I didn't do anything else in that mm. sphere. But I find it I find it fascinating. And mm. it kind of gives you a grounding in sort of, like say, thinking in a way that you might not have before. So yeah, yeah I definitely get that. Yeah, so I mean, are are there any other bands of this era that you you really sort of put up there as your favourite? Favourite's a strong word, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So, well, I think just generally of that kind of Riot girl, like kind of period, like bands like Bikini Kill Mm. and stuff like that, who conveniently I'm going to see next week. Yeah. And I'm very, very excited about. (laughs) Um, And I remember listening to a lot of Veruca Salt as well. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Which are quite they're they're one of those ones that you know every now and then you'll find someone that's heard Salt mm. and it's like oh amazing great, yeah. right. um, but yeah and that was but that was to do with my dad my dad had them on a cassette tape mm. his mate at work always used to make cassette tapes for him yeah and there was a Salt one that he used to play all the time, um so yeah so I was listening to them a lot mm. um which I quite enjoyed.
0: Do you think there's anyone doing the same kind of thing now or do you think? it's moved on a little bit. I think it has. Mm -hmm. But is there anyone out there with the same energy, do you think, now?
1: Um, In terms of really thinking about that kind of...
0: That, like, feminist feminist... message and... Yeah. I I see a lot of, like... I mean, obviously, like, I go to gigs at Audacious, which is now Hatch in Sheffield, Mm -hmm. and they do, like, lots of queer punk stuff. Yeah. And they do, like, non-gender-specific stuff, and they have, like pretty much like nights where it's like a safe space and stuff which I think is awesome and I think that's how I see it's gone which is brilliant and I I don't quite know what was happening sort of like maybe 10 years ago I probably Mm. wasn't like aware of it but now Mm. I'm very it's like in in the sort of it's in the same realms that I kind of like I'm involved with so yeah I think that's awesome but like are there any bands that you have heard recently that have thought they're actually like they're saying something interesting so I don't see a lot but like I appreciate that they're getting the message out there
1: so yeah I hate things like this because it puts me on the spot yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I think one one band that do quite well not do quite well that sounds awful but um well they they do it really well like bands like petrol girls yeah and stuff like that yeah um, and I think there's a lot of that same kind of riot girl ethos, I guess, if you can <coughs> call it that. Yeah. Coming through there. Um, and not just with regards to kind of messages around, you know, feminism. And, I mean, they, they do a lot around um, women in the punk scene and, you know, things to do with, like, sexual harassment and stuff like that. But also as well, just more broadly, the outside of gender... Um, things to do with like they're involved with the punks against sweatshops movement as well yeah. so and using it
0: for like a good cause as yeah. well yeah
1: yeah so I think you know that would they'd probably be one of the bands that kind of kind of jumps out in that sense but then there's also I mean you mentioned about the queer punk you know scene as well which has developed Um. and I think as well there's there's would it be right to call it kind of black feminist punk bands as well?
0: No, I've seen a few. So yeah. like Big Joni? <laughs> yeah. And things like that. Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: bands like that. I've seen that so, like, supersonic a few times. Yeah. yeah really good. So yeah. bands which are not just I mean, feminism historically has always been <laughs> accused of being very kind of white, heterosexual, mm. middle class. Mm. So that's kind of feminist messages through music, but coming through kind of places that are not just you know, yeah, white, or
0: heterosexual. Yeah. I think it naturally needed to probably go that way as mm. well because, like you say, it can be kind of like, well, here's what a very privileged few think. Yeah. Um, are they singing about themselves or are they talking about everyone? Mm. Is it totally inclusive? Yeah. That's, but that's punk in general. I mean, yeah. That's you know, most of the seventies punks were like faux working class I guess some of them like you know some of them have done very well out of it like yeah um, through through the years so who knows yeah it's an interesting interesting topic that one yeah cool so yeah we'll we'll sort of come back to this I'm sure but um mm. shall we just play this song it's um Bruise violet by, <laughs> <laughs> it's bruised violet it's bruised by uh, babes in toyland gonna take a hard left into um, kind of noisy stuff now, so um, this is lightning bolt we're gonna talk about um, I absolutely love this band obviously mm-hmm. like I don't know many people who don't like them who are, yeah they're just amazing aren't they just mm. uh, any any description I can give of them isn't gonna be right or enough I don't think um, I mean, we played a black puss song on the last um podcast which is uh, I think the drummer's side project and that mm. was hard enough to describe but like is it the live spectacle that kind of turned you onto this one because that's definitely how I first heard of them and mm. I used to see like videos like grainy videos in the early 2000s or whatever like of packed clubs and people like bursting pipes in venues <laughs> and stuff so have you, I guess you've seen them maybe a few times once, once
1: finally, last year. Oh, right after Arc um, Yeah, was it? Uh, yeah, Nottingham. It was like the or something. Or the yeah, was it you that said about it? Like I was having a, con- we were having a conversation with someone at Arc and they said it, something about, oh yeah, Lightning Bolt's playing in Nottingham oh, next week. Um, and like,
0: tank and accent. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And we hadn't, we hadn't seen anything about it, and mm. then obviously got tickets for it. So yes, yeah, so I finally got to see him, mm. um, which was amazing, and fully lived up. To yeah. how I envisioned <laughs> yeah. um, it would be and I was quite concerned about the floor <laughs> the floor actually felt like it was going to give way um, Jeez. Right. Okay. <laughs> I did wonder about the health and safety a little bit and yeah. getting old um, <laughs> but yeah the thing yeah, the thing that really intrigued me about Lightning Bolt um, when I first kind of came across them was that live experience and well I suppose two things actually so the live experience and that whole kind of breaking down you know the barriers between them as the performers Mm. and the audience I was really I was really intrigued in that and I, I don't know whether that again is kind of going back to those kind of you know very DIY you know punk kind of ideas about you know gigs and all those kinds of things But also as well, I really liked the fact that they were a two piece, yeah, and particularly that it was a bassist and a drummer, and yet they could create that kind of sound, yeah, Um, and yeah, that just really interested me, Um, and I I was quite, (laughs) I don't know, I was quite surprised really at how much noise they could actually make. um,
0: Yeah, I mean, because of that, there was like a period of time maybe like early to mid. 2000s where there was like so many bands like two pieces mm. but it's, you could definitely tell it was a guitarist and a drummer and mm. that was all you could hear and it was like very predictable and mm. there were some really good ones like there's loads out there but like Lightning Bolt just came and blew it all apart mm. I mean obviously they're, they're sort of like on the arty side and obviously they played like all the tomorrow's parties and like weird venues and they got a reputation for playing like house shows didn't yeah. they? Yeah that's amazing, but like when you even listen to a record, they're really strange on record as well, aren't they? It doesn't mm. sound like a bass half the time. No. So many pedals and like processes <laughs> going on. I don't know how they pull it off life because obviously they're surrounded. I don't know. If, so people who maybe haven't heard of Lightbulb, I don't know where you've been, but <laughs> um, they basically set up in the middle of the room, don't mm. they? And that's like their thing in the round is like their thing. Mm. Um, so I'm amazed that they don't get their equipment like just stamped on and. No. Like broken, it probably does, and it probably doesn't matter, but yeah, I've never seen live either. So, really? I, yeah, I, I kind of regret not going to that. I found out about it at a tangent. I was like, yeah. oh, do you know what? I don't think I've got enough leave to actually go to that. So,
1: it's yeah, yeah. it was really, really good. And the thing that you were just saying about the pedals actually, um, Is <laughs> because, um, so my partner, Dean, um, Always like when we were doing Brussels party, yeah. Like, kept on saying to me, Get some pedals, get some pedals on your bass guitar. And I'll be I'm like, No, um, because I've never, I've never used pedals or anything like that. It's just like, No, not interested. And then there's me going <laughs> yeah, on that lightning yeah. pill, and you know, Oh, it's amazing how that bassist, you know, makes all those sounds. How does he do <laughs> it? Praising pedals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, yeah, that different kind of different ways of. Um, having that kind of gig experience, mm. I, re- I really liked that. Mm. Um, and for some reason, when I when I was thinking about that, thinking about that, how how much that kind of then changes your kind of own experience of it, and it was making me think about different gigs that I'd been to.
0: Yeah, so we talk about different kinds of live experiences. I mean, that that's quite an intense one to be mm-hmm. part of, isn't it? Like if you're you know, bracing yourself not to try and fall into a drum kit, that's quite an intense live experience to deal with, (laughs) isn't it? I don't know, how did you watch that one? Were you, like, at a wall or, like, were you protected by anything or were you just kind of, like, Um, in the sort of throng of it?
1: I was on, um, well, first of all, I was was kind of on um, almost, like, the balcony. You go up some steps and there's just the raised bit, so that would be the stage that normally the bands play on. Um, So I stood there. But the thing is, obviously, I'm (laughs) I'm five foot, like, nothing, um so I always find that I struggle um a lot at gigs. Um and someone ended up moving me. That's something else that happens when you're five foot right. nothing, is that quite often people will physically <laughs> move you as usually, if you're right. yeah, just <laughs> <Right. Okay. laughs> Yes, I literally get picked up and moved. <laughs> um but no, someone kind of, you know, pushed me through. Um and got me stood on the steps right. that go up to the stage. So I, I ended up, you know, having a really good view. But it was it was that packed. I was literally bracing myself um, and, you know, had my leg in a weird position to balance so yeah. that I didn't fall yeah. off the step. Um, but, yeah, it was really, you know, I, I like that kind of intimacy that they create in playing on the stage, um, mm. on the floor, rather. Um, and I guess, because I was saying earlier, wasn't I, about that, comparison with the two smashing pumpkins gigs. Yeah. Um but more recently we went to see um we went to see Birds in Row. Oh yeah. in London. Mm. And we went and it was it was sold out. Mm. And it was that rammed. You know, you'd struggle to stand anywhere. Mm. And I ended up on the steps that go up to the toilets. So I was actually just stood yeah. there in yeah. everyone's way and could see but it was just I don't know it wasn't it was good but um, it just kind of wasn't that experience um, that you'd want. Yeah. And I think um, Dean and our mate that we went with ended up stood on a sofa trying to see over everyone, um, kind of precariously, um, and then we um, last month or so, so kind of Easter time, just before Easter, and um, we went over to Paris, um, on a little family jolly Mm. and birds and ray were playing um so we ended up going going and seeing them there and it was a completely different experience Mm. so the venue was pretty empty for starters so you could get as close as you wanted Mm. to the to the band and it was just um yeah it was just how different that Mm. actually is Mm. um and so i think because of how i feel about that kind of stuff i guess that always when Whenever I used to play in a band, I was always quite reluctant. I didn't like, you know, stages and things. I don't know, mm. it just... You think about how that then feels to the audience. And I really do quite like that idea of...
0: Being on the same level. Yeah. And, like, within the crowd and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, I I mean, as a singer, like, in, in most of the bands I've been in, like, being in the crowd is, like, the best... Mm. Place like being on the stage, you kind of feel like you're preaching to them, or like you kind yeah. of maybe looking down on them literally because you're physically above them. And I think it only really works if there's a full room. Fine, but mm. if it's like like a, a sparsely attended sort of thing, yeah, the best place is like for the band to be with it with people. You know, it's a cathartic experience mm. that you're sharing with people. So yeah, I can completely get behind that mm. definitely.
1: It was related to that. I'd I'd seen some some comment that someone had made about um I can't remember whether it was about I don't want to say was it they were saying about noise bands or um I don't know. They'd they'd listed all these different genres and um they were saying about oh yeah and what typifies this this genre is, you know, the singer gets down in people's faces, proving a point and, blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Um and I just felt, I don't know, that kind of missed yeah, the whole purpose of, you know, that history of getting down amongst the crowd and breaking down those kind of barriers. Um,
0: yeah, I guess some people would sort of see that confrontational stuff as like, oh, they're, they're trying to act tough or they're trying mm. to put a point across that we already know. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see that. Sometimes I see that and I'm like, oh God. Like, what are you doing? But then sometimes I'm, like, really into it. And mm. it's like, yeah, that's great. Like, this is how it's meant to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I can see both sides. But, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, as a... Are you expected to do things in certain genres as well? Mm. Like, and are you, like, almost cliche if you do them? Yeah. You know, it's quite... Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a sort of, I guess, for want of a better word, a meme page on Facebook called, like, um, all local bands are going to hell or something like that and they just typify everything that's like wrong with like oh sorry I didn't come and see your show or you know like um, you can all move four steps closer all these cliches that you yeah. hear at every like small show I mean we've we've played god knows how many we've seen god knows how many like, yeah. and, and you always hear the same little phrases oh thanks for coming out tonight to like three people mm. and it's but I love that I can't that's kind of like what makes me go to these gigs like yeah. you know that weird camaraderie that you get yeah. so you know if you're not like part of that then you, you're probably going to be a bit confused by it maybe mm. I don't know <laughs> who knows how did we get onto that from Lightning Bolt um, I don't know but yeah should we play this Lightning Bolt song yeah yeah this is um, S.O.S. S.O.S. <laughs> 70s with this one Uh, we're going to talk about The Slits Mm -hmm. Um, and I always kind of associate this band with like the first wave of punk I don't know about you Mm. because it's kind of that and and, like the split from the original like official music history version of punk you know Mm -hmm. like Sex Pistols and The Clash and all that I feel like this was the next meaningful wave like immediately after that that's my that's my kind of take on it. But what do you reckon?
1: Um, well, it <laughs> kind of relates to um, why I chose this. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, punk is obviously one of the areas that I I kind of do research into, um, and it's really interesting when you look at the kind of history of punk and how yeah. punk's been represented. Yeah. Um, through kind of memoirs and media representations and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, quite often when we think about, you know, the punk history, we think of those kind of classic bands, don't we, mm-hmm. like the Sex Pistols and um, the Clash and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just... I don't know. It's, I think it says a lot, the fact that there's there's... <laughs> Traditionally, been a lot of kind of writing out of female, you know, mm-hmm. punk women, yeah. Um, and the bands you know that were around that were perhaps just as influential within the scenes but weren't as picked up on, um, by the media, perhaps. Um, so the Slits for me, I mean, that they're one of the bands you know that I think are actually far more influential mm-hmm. than a band like the Sex Pistols oh, yeah. in terms of you know the music that they were doing um you know the kind of different direction that they were taking it and also as well you you know when you look at how young they were as well you know a group of Mm. you know young girls wearing whatever they wanted making whatever kind of music they wanted and that's i think you know that that says a lot more than perhaps um some of the other um bands that were around and so yes i'm quite you know, i'm quite interested in that the the writing out of women in punk history and i think that but then i, I would say that perhaps that argues uh, <laughs> i would say that perhaps that happens more yeah. like um in a lot of music histories
0: yeah yeah i mean i guess it's the old thing of like the sort of old white male journalist writes the history doesn't he at yeah. the end of it, like, as as good as some music journalists are, it could be said that, like, the 70s, 80s, and most of the 90s has got, like, a bit of a whitewash mm. with male voices yeah. being heard above others, and it's almost treated as almost like a, like you said, like, a novelty earlier mm-hmm. on. It's, it's almost, like, seen as a novelty sometimes, like, here, here's a book about female punk exclusively it's like where where's it standard where does it sit in the history of everything mm. and why is that needed mm. does that make sense yeah yeah I mean do you think now more is being said about it and do you think these voices are being heard again because people are like actually reminiscing about it now because there's so, been so many books about mm. it recently and people doing I mean six music are really good at celebrating yeah six that music are sort of really
1: good Um, I think it depends on the source Mm. so uh, looking at when London did the 40th anniversary celebrations of punk which I didn't go to Mm. um, and speaking to people that did go to it they said about the there was a photo exhibition and it was representing punk musicians you know in the 70s kind of punk scene and it was all just... It was all the men. And then there was one mm. kind of image. I think it was Debbie Harry or... Yeah. You know, but it was... You know, it was quite... It stood out to them that the one image of a female punk musician was one where she was very much there as a kind of sex object. Yeah. Um, and I think... Yeah, so there, there's still... There's still this kind of portrayal um, and this reflecting back on punk. Um in that kind of way, but there are efforts being made to try and mm. now counteract that. Yeah. Um so the the film that I'm showing, yes. um, myself and my friend slash colleague um Frances, um the stories from the Sheepunks film, um that film is looking at these kind mm. of voices yeah. and these women that have often been missed or made invisible um, and one of the directors Helen Reddington who was in a punk band um, The Chefs she's wrote a book as well mm-hmm. The Lost Woman of Rock and that was what her PhD was all about right, was, okay. you know writing back in um, these kind of female punk musicians back into that kind of telling of punk history um, so yeah yeah
0: so mm-hmm. like about the film yeah, should <laughs> probably talk about this because like it's pretty awesome. You're bringing you like a film that probably wouldn't get shown in Lincoln at all, mm. like unless you were actually making it happen. So, um, it's at aikido isn't it? Yes, town. it's gonna
1: be a Akido. Yeah, yeah, which is
0: awesome because like I, I think we shouted at Akito a few times on on this. But it's basically a gaming bar in Lincoln, but it's become for some reason it's become also like a really cool little venue mm. for like punk gigs and i've seen some absolutely amazing stuff there so yeah. i'm really pleased it's happening there as well mm. it seems to be like the natural home of punks at the moment yeah in lincoln so um so yeah when's it happening and um you know how can people come and see it if they're in lincoln or nearby
1: um so it's happening on thursday the 4th of july and um, it's there is of course a facebook event as ever for things nowadays <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you can search for it and you can get tickets online. Um, but yeah, you need to make sure you get tickets. It is quite limited. Yeah, it's um, a small venue. It? <laughs> yeah, it's a small venue. But as well as as well as the screening of the documentary itself, we've got Helen, one of the directors, doing a bit of a Q and A as well, yeah. which in itself is amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's you know it's hopefully going to be a really really good night. Well, it's, the film's definitely going to be good. Yeah. Um. And hopefully we'll get. The place kind of full um, but that, I mean what you're saying as well about Aikido and kind of venues and things in Lincoln the amount of hassle we went through to actually get a venue yeah. to be able to show this film mm. and you'd, you'd think that you know <laughs> a city would be encouraging of people trying to for example show independent films or just be able to do stuff yeah. and, you know brings different things um, to the city but we've we've had no end of issues. Mm. Um, we've looked at, I don't know, probably like five or six different venues, mm. and what it came down to was the fact that we didn't I guess because of our own kind of values and stuff, we didn't want to be overcharging people for this. Mm. We don't want to make a profit out of it. We literally want to be able to put a ticket price that literally reflects, you know, paying Mm. for the venue, paying for the film, paying for Helen, you know, to be there. Um, And so we kept on looking around for different venues to basically get a cheap venue as possible to Mm. be able to keep those. And just venues are just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: I find it amazing because that kind of thing could be encouraged in the right places. But if Mm. they're not willing to make that first risk, Mm. then... It's not gonna. It's never gonna happen, is it? No. I think Lincoln's got a real issue at the moment. I don't know if you've heard. Um, there's a Lincoln-based podcast called Yelling at Concrete, mm. and um, it's for artists and yeah. like, uh, photographers mm-hmm. and just people doing interesting things. And they constantly debate or like point out that Lincoln is like on the like cusp of becoming like this quite cultural place. Yeah. And it's got a lot of like young creativity. But not much is being done to keep them here, apart from like the university. Mm. So, you know, I think there's, there is a responsibility in Lincoln for the people who own these places and the people who want to see things happen. Actually, like put their money where their mouth is and actually mm. make it happen. And um, I'm quite, yeah, that's quite frustrating. But I'm not overly surprised no. either. So, <laughs> yeah, I imagine if I tried to put on like a a DIY event and Akido wasn't there, mm. you'd find it difficult. You know. It's a the margins, really. I mean, DIY gigs, for example, in Lincoln are, are kind of either held at um, the Alley Cat, which is kind of like a an old kind of, I don't know, like a karaoke bar, I think it was before, or something like that.
1: I always just think of it as like an old kind of rock
0: pub. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's kind yeah, of like down an alley. Sort of like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of like a biker's bar kind yeah. of style thing, um, or it's at Liquor, which is like, yeah. you know we'll hide you upstairs from the, you know, Trebles for Singles place. Um Or it's Aikido, which is... Yeah. But, but the thing is, Toby and Aikido are making things happen, and, like, he'd rather have people in his bar mm. paying for drinks and having a good time than have an empty... Or, mm. you know, like, just be a few people playing games and buying the occasional drink, you know? People who go to gigs are notorious mm. drinkers, aren't they? So it's like, <laughs> that's how it works. That's how he's, like, obviously making it work, mm. but... The fact that he's willing to take the risk in the first place and he, he's not playing like easy listening music. It's mm. like we've, we've seen grind bands in yeah. there and like <laughs> you know Belgian hardcore bands already. So, yeah, it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Mm. And I'm really, I'm really excited to be in Lincoln while this is happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hope it continues for a long time. Um, I think it's not easy.
1: No, it's not easy. And related related to, um, you know, what you're saying about Aikido and uh, the kind of gigs and things that have been going on there. Um, I think that's been, I feel like that's been quite a change as well in Lincoln. Lincoln seemed to, I, I don't know, when I first moved to Lincoln, um, there was places like Horse and Groom and the Biv and, yeah. you know, there's some, a lot of punk gigs happening. Um, I think a lot were to do with Crashed Out and yeah. things like that. And then there seemed to be like quite this kind of lull. I don't know. I mm. felt I felt, oh, you know, <laughs> what's happening? Nothing happened for yeah. a while. What, yeah. What's it? kind of going yeah. on now? You know, what gigs are there? Oh, I'm gonna have to go over to Sheffield or whatever. Mm. Um. But yeah, there seems to be like this nice little kind of emerging
2: mm.
1: like gig thing going on again. Yeah. And it's, it's great to see. And yeah.
0: It's, it's it's great the fact that. Like us older punks or older kind of music, kind of guys yeah. that, like haven't had to like make the effort to get back into it. It's like younger, mm. it's a younger generation. I think um, a lot of people knowing this will know Mark Thomas from Sheffield. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that, like in Sheffield up until recently, I think it's happened, I think it's kind of fixed itself a little bit now, but they were finding that there wasn't actually that many young people getting involved with punk, mm. or if there were, they were playing gigs elsewhere. Or, yeah they weren't kind of joining in with the established thing, so yeah. they made an effort to, like, welcome them, and it's kind of worked now. Mm. But that that kind of scared me. a little bit. I was like, if Sheffield's short, put young people into this, then, mm. like, is there any hope for what's happening? But thankfully there's been, like, a load of, yeah, there's been, like, loads of stuff happening. Yeah, so. and it's been amazing. It kind of heals itself, I think, after time. Yeah,
1: and some of, the, I mean, some of the gigs that I've been to um, at Aikido and then some of them before it, liquor and stuff as well. You know, bands from <laughs> outside of the UK, like America and yeah. you know and you just think, oh Blimey, you know, they that's really good. On a week night sometimes yeah. as well. That yeah, they the they're, they're getting Yeah. And it's just nice that there's some enthusiasm mm. for doing it and wanting to invest energy in it.
0: And it's not just it could quite easily be just like, you know, bands from Nottingham, bands from Sheffield, yeah. but it's literally like I think they've had French Hungarian, mm. like Dutch, and I don't even know, like from all over the place. Got a Japanese band coming next month as well, a page of punk from Japan. Yeah, I've seen about over. that one. So yeah, it's amazing. Mm. I, I, I love it. So yeah, yeah, we should, um, yeah, we should definitely sort of be grateful for that. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. So yeah, again, we've we've talked ourselves into a circle here. So we weren't yeah, about the sex <laughs> <originally. laughs> So I mean, are, are you a fan of this band? Are you sort of? Would, would you say that they've been like the slits. Offended, influential in you, or are they just like an important band that you want to maybe highlight?
1: Um, yeah, the important in the kind of the, I guess the history and the beginnings of kind of British punk, um, and also as well, I I did still um, <laughs> the name of my PhD, the title of my PhD, did come from this song as well. Oh, okay. Um. Because it just, I don't know, it, the whole song, the typical girl thing, and it's all about questioning what it actually means, you know, mm. to be a girl or to be a woman or whatever. Um, and that was something that my PhD research looked at, was, you know, what it actually means to construct, mm. I don't know, a kind of identity, being punk, but also as a woman and getting old as mm. well. So, mm. yeah, it's quite fitting. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, I was going to say. I mean, we should probably point out that you sort of did you surveyed a lot of people, didn't you? And you sort of interviewed a lot of people for that and asked them about their
1: habits and stuff. This <laughs> sounds all a bit creepy. I surveyed people <laughs> and interviewed <laughs> them about their habits. Um, that sounds really yeah. <laughs> let's, sound really yeah let's yeah. Let's make that a bit reframe junior. it. Um, reframe it for me. Yeah. So my my. PhD research involved I spoke to twenty two women um who answered an advert basically that I put out looking for um punk women aged thirty and upwards. Um so yeah, so I got twenty two women that I ended up um speaking to. There was lots more but you can't always speak to everyone. Mm. Um and yeah, most of them most of them were interviews and then there was some like email interviews um and it was just yeah it was asking them what kind of punk meant to them Mm. and because i I find that really interesting is a lot of academic work about punk kind of starts with quite stereotypical ideas about what punk is and there's no kind of unpicking about what actually means what punk means to the participants yeah within it um so i was really interested and it what it meant to them, um, but I guess the main the main thing for me was looking at what part punk played in their lives, mm. and how their relationship to punk might have changed or hadn't changed across their life yeah um so that's something that I really explored is kind of their initial entry or exposure to punk um, and what punk meant to them then, and then what had happened you know, as they'd, as they'd got older. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, quite interesting. Well, very interesting. I can imagine. Yeah. 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 I
0: remember you sort of putting out the advert and I kind of tried to like steer some of my friends towards you. I'm not, I'm not sure if anything happened. There,
1: yeah, like, I got, yeah. Yeah, I got
0: a few. Um, but yeah, I, I always find stuff like this really interesting because it's almost like asking the whys and like around a culture. And I, I quite like that idea. Um, mm. you know, um, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite a fan of like the music biography, but done in a really strange way. Yeah. So like, um, I'm a big. Uh, I always talk about this, but I'm a big fan of the Fall. Yeah. And um, someone went around and interviewed every ex member of the Fall because mm. there's fifty two of them, um, and obviously they found people who had been in it for five minutes and hadn't affected them at all. <laughs> And then there's people who have been in for like 15 years and yeah. been like scarred by being in the band with Marky e. Smith and all his mates. <laughs> and you know, I've, it's that kind of like that insight that you just don't get mm. unless you go out and look for it like in quite a meaningful way. So, yeah, mm. can appreciate that. Yeah. Can you actually read that anywhere? Can you read your PhD anywhere? Is um, it kind of like oh,
1: well, there's. Bits and bobs that have been oh, published, okay. um, but the the plan is um, yeah over the next well over summer it's mm. yeah going to be put together as a book. Nice. Um, but academic books tend to be overpriced, um, so right. if that happens and anyone wants to read it, just get in touch <laughs> with me directly <laughs> instead.
0: Cause could you write? Could you write like a book version of it though? Like, could you like go into that and and do um, it sort of, more like a sort of accessible one maybe? Well.
1: I'm very generally when I write when I write academic work, um, I always try to make it accessible to you know non-academics because I hate all the really I don't know flowery ridiculous language sometimes that academics mm. write in, and I think it's horrible as well for seeing it from a teaching perspective. Um, you know, you get countless undergraduate students being massively put off of doing any academic reading because they just say I can't understand it Mm. and I completely sympathise with them because a lot of it is not user-friendly and sometimes I feel that actually it's just people trying to show off yes (laughs) um so I I really hate that so I'm always I'm quite deliberate in making sure that what I write is accessible so I would hope that yeah when it becomes a book that it's both Enjoyable for academics and non academics alike. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sort of crosses that line with both both sort of parties. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, do you want to introduce this this next song? As soon as it's um, the title of your PhD as well.
1: Okay. So, yeah, the next song is Typical Girls by (sighs) (laughs)
2: Slip.
0: What? the whole thing. <laughs> um, well, it's definitely, you know. But I'd say this converge song isn't like a raging kind of like, um, you know, chaotic one. It's quite emotional. It's quite focused. This one isn't. It? Mm. It's off. You Fail me as well. Don't ask. That's it is, like yeah. it <laughs> it's is like off you Fail Me, me. <laughs> So like, that's to me. There's like three or four like classic converge albums, and mm. that like sits in the middle of them all. And well, they're still great. I mean, the last album was fantastic, wasn't it? But yeah, what, what does Converge mean to you? Or what does this song mean to you? Why, why have you picked it? Um,
1: well, I was, it's more Converge more generally. Um, but this song is like what you were just saying about how it's not perhaps one of their kind of heavier songs. Mm. Um, but that's something that I like about converge is that you can have these really, really heavy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. ones and then you've got these others that are perhaps a bit more kind of sit back and a bit more um yeah kind of emotional yeah. in a way yeah um but yeah the reason the reason I guess i I picked converge i mean I absolutely love converge and um for me as I was talking, students were talking to me the other week and they were talking about um, what you listen to or don't listen to when you're doing work. Mm. And they were saying about, for example, needing silence. Or (laughs) one student said, I shouldn't laugh because it sounds like I'm taking the piss out of them. But um, he said he likes to listen to like Buddhist um, gongs and things like that um which i just Don't had visions asleep. of yeah i just had visions right. of being sat there with incense burning and these gongs um <laughs> and they, they asked me what i right. what i listen to um if i listen to anything when i when i do writing and um and i said yeah i do listen to stuff and at, in my phd acknowledgements i acknowledge several bands that got me through my phd um and I played them the main band that I listened to whilst writing my PhD, and it was Comfort. And so, I I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I, I I love them as a band, but I find that they really help me write.
0: Is it because it's like such high energy? And, yeah, like, basically, so, so out there. Yeah, that's interesting because like I feel like I just get distracted by. Them yeah, that's. Cause they're so, all over the place, like in a good way. Yeah. Um, my. My go-to for like writing um, when I'm not writing about music and stuff is like instrumental stuff. Mm. So like Russian Circles, Pelican, you yeah. know, like quite epic, like things just to like block out any noise. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, too, yeah it's, it's too, too, too
1: it, yeah. it's too ploddy. <laughs> yeah, it's too plody. Um, I don't know whether it reflects. I work particularly well under pressure as well. I'm right, very. Like, um, I'm yeah. one of those people that leaves things to the last minute. Right. But okay. quite often on purpose because right. I work better you know like you'll that. Do it better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it it sits with that. So Converge was yeah the main the main one that I was listening to whilst I was writing. Um, in a strange way, it, like it really gets me on edge, and it's almost like I'm yeah. frantically bashing away mm. at the keyboard, and it's mm. keeping that kind of pace going. Um. So yeah, it was like lots of Converge. Yeah. Um. Trying to think what was fucked up. Mm. Um, Touche Amore or Amore, however it's said.
0: So this song in particular, does does this have any significance like why you picked this particular one or is it just because it's like a standout one that you've noticed or... There's no great story behind it I guess. (laughs) No great story. (laughs) End (laughs) of, move (laughs) on. That's it. This is Converge. Yeah. Introduced me to this band tonight, so I'm, I'm quite grateful for that. So, this is <laughs> a band called Why Oak mm. um, with a song called Holy Holy. So, what um, drew you to this one and how, how did you hear it? Because I, I can imagine this was on Six Music or something. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. and I've that's very pre- yeah, <laughs> <Right>. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, and that's the kind of, I guess that's really the story behind it. Um, I think in in a weird kind of way i'd i'd become a bit disillusioned really um not not with music overall but when when i was when i was younger it always seemed like i i was able to i had loads of time to mm. explore and kind of find out about new bands yeah. and you know i was always stumbling across new music and um, you know reading things like Kerrang! and rock sound and all those kinds of stuff and I remember recording the, what was it, on MTV? Do you remember when they did, like, the rock show or whatever?
0: Oh, Headbangers Ball. And yeah, like tape yeah.
1: recording that yeah. and then kind of, you know, following up on these leads of new bands and stuff like that. Um, and then it just, I don't know, as I got kind of older, it just seemed like I'd go through really long periods of time and I wouldn't ever come across anything that really kind of pulled mm. me in. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that there wasn't anything, you know coming out because I'm sure there was but it was almost as if because I wasn't actively searching for things I was just in this kind of quite what's the word like stagnant yeah <laughs> kind yeah. of space I've, I've, in which I've i was It's
0: place definitely you can kind of just go I'm not keeping up or, yeah I'm not finding anything exciting at the moment yeah exactly and for some reason you think you can kind of think oh well that's kind of my fault because I'm not trying hard enough mm. but it can sometimes just be like well you're not just you're just not looking in the right place but you're not aware of where the right place might yeah. be at that time so it, it changes definitely yeah i'm glad i'm not the only Oh, yeah i mean to be honest it's weird because um at one point because i've we've run nine hz for 15 years or something you mm. know it's ridiculous so you can go back through all those years and there's at least 10 or 15 reviews from what i've been listening to like all that time but there was points at which i'd almost stopped listening to any anything heavy mm. and i kind of wondered like do I actually like this music anymore? And I had to kind of like force myself to find new stuff to get back into it. So I think, I I know what you mean. It's kind of like, or or you kind of think, well, I'm just listening to stuff that I listened to when I was 15 Mm. or, you know, early 20s or whatever. Am I stuck there now forever? Is that all I'll listen to ever again? And it's like, well, of course not. But, you know, you kind of need to maybe take time off or whatever. Mm. So did this just come... kind of come out of the blue and strike you with it
1: yeah and it was as you guessed it it was because of um yeah six music Mm. which um I don't know if someone had recommended six music or I just kind of found it by accident but I basically I started having it on in the background when I was at work Mm. um just doing like prep and things like that um and then all of a sudden I found you know things kind of coming out at me Mm. and so I remember I had a little post-it pad next to my desk and I'd hear things and I'd wait to hear, you know, who the band was, whatever, and I'd make a note of it and then mm. I'd go away and try and kind of find out more or kind of listen to more of their stuff to gauge like whether or not I really liked them. And so yeah, this was one of the first songs um. that kind of jumped out at me and I thought, Oh yeah, I really like that. And I don't know, it's quite I'm quite simplistic when it comes to why I like music. Mm. Usually it's, you know, because there's some kind of emotional yeah, for whatever reason it kind of, you know, makes me feel a certain way sometimes it's just as simple as oh there's a woman in it (laughs) like
0: is it that simple sometimes yeah it's like
1: oh that's that's kind of interesting um (laughs) they always. um so yeah so it was just yeah i just really liked it and it was you know just doing something for me that other music kind of wasn't um so yeah so i really yeah really appreciated six music's kind of yeah. and it still does like i still you know oh, yeah. try and have it on cuz it it always kind of throws out different stuff
0: yeah i mean i i think i kind of um i spent two years or three years listening to it at work every day all day every day so i kind of got to know their playlist each week mm. they're really good at like just chucking you a really weird curveball yeah. in the middle of the day and you're like whoa like i haven't considered yeah. this for so long or, or or like a brand new artist that's playing something really challenging like the last one I heard that made me sort of stop what I was doing with six music was um, like more mother. Have you heard her? No. So she's like uh, an MC, and she's been on like about a mil- she's on she's like a big collaborator. Yeah. But it was like an original thing she'd done on on her own album. Mm-hmm. and It just really struck me. It's like this is incredible. Like she's quite young, and she does quite social, like commentary sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and that was on it like. I was at work, I was driving the work car and I put six music on in the car to like go and meet someone and I think I was slightly late to the meeting because I was like, <laughs> I can't turn this off mm. now and it was like a six or seven minute song. So yeah, it, and that was like at midday yeah. on a Wednesday or something. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like You'd only find that in like Radio One, like John Peel playing it back yeah. in the day or something when you're not you know, Lauren O'Byrne going, oh, here's here's something interesting, like, listen to this seven minutes of, like, pretty much poetry over, like, African rhythms and stuff, <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell is this? It's great, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally get that, like, Six Music is a very, sort of, it's a music fan station, isn't it, really, like, mm-hmm. you can't really describe it any other way. No, it's, yeah, I love really it, it's good. Definitely. So yeah, thanks to Six Music for this one Yay. as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll play this. This is uh, YO. To me, like, so I, I've heard the name and I've heard people talking about this band, but Gouge Away um, mm. obviously like impressed you quite a lot. And we've just listened to this song off air because I, I wanted to like find out what made it so interesting. And it, yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of like it's got like, a kind of chaotic kind of energy to it, but it's also got like they go into like they click into grooves as well. Mm. I really like that. So this is only about a minute long, but it's like got so much going on. I mean, how did you find these? Is it was another kind of like, um something that struck you or was it someone I recommended it to you or something like Um, that (laughs) um I
1: think this it kind of relates to what I was saying just a minute ago about you know when you kind of stop exploring um music and kind of seeking out new music and it was part of me trying to purposefully see what was kind of out there again Um, and in terms of, I mean, in terms of particularly kind of punk bands, a lot of the punk bands that I'd been listening to were still punk bands that I'd been listening to for <laughs> however many years. Yeah. Like, you know, still putting on minor fret. Yeah. And so I used um, I used Spotify um, to actually just start mm. exploring. And Spotify yeah. is quite good because it tells you, oh, you like this, maybe you'll like this yeah. as well. Yeah, it's usually right, um, isn't it? As yeah. Always. So I just started following. Um, so I came across quite kind of more you know bands that are going at the moment so things like gouge away um single mothers as well um downtown boys i think and you know just bands like that um and yeah it was just really kind of refreshing to find some new bands that were doing all that kind of stuff that i really Mm. loved so you know with all that kind of energy and you know in your face and also as well to have you know a woman Mm you know, singing, <laughs> well, you know, doing doing the kind of screaming and stuff. Yeah. Um, And I've always been quite jealous, I guess, of, you know, I, I love the idea of getting up there and kind of, you know...
0: <laughs> put yourself centre stage and, like, just having fun with it. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know, I,
1: I, yeah, I, I, my hat goes off to kind of women that get up there and, mm. you know, kind of just don't give a shit and, yeah.
0: There's been some really interesting ones lately. I don't know if you've heard that band Cocaine Piss. It's the worst name in the world. But yeah, like, I
1: think I have heard they, them because of the fact that the name yeah, yeah stood out. That. But quite I think, a bit. I think
0: they're I think they're like um, queer punks as well. Mm. And like their re- their records are just amazing. Like mm. really sort of it's a bit like if Melt Banana was like a pure punk band rather than like <laughs> everything. <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> and that's another stuff. amazing band. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're they're sort of like they're definitely on my radar at the moment. It's yeah, like, I think they're playing our tangent actually. So, oh really? Yeah. Um, so I think I'm gonna try and find um, when they're playing. But yeah, I mean this this kind of um short sharp kind of stuff I love because it mm. kind of just gets straight to the point. There's no messing about. It's just like mm. I can imagine that's amazing live.
1: Yeah, it, it it was Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, the you know they're just as energetic and you know and. I think it's one of those, they're one of those bands as well that after listening to them and in particular after going and watching them, I come away and I'm like, oh, I really miss being in a band. Like, I really want to be doing something yeah. like that again. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I think it's just, you know, that kind of sad thing of, yeah, that's what I want to be doing, mm. to be honest. Do you see yourself
0: um, uh, being in a band again?
1: I'd love to be in a band again. Mm. Um yeah, I'd absolutely love to, mm. but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to pan out at the moment. I right. don't know, just finding people, I guess.
0: Is it finding um, people, or is it finding time, or...? It's it probably a bit right of both,
1: people. in honesty. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that at some point, I will be. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of maybe as and when. one. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm sure it'll happen, it's just... Finding that right combination sometimes is quite difficult, isn't mm. it? For anyone. It's just like Yeah. You've got to kinda of get on with the people as well. I think that's gotta happen, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that yeah.
1: really helps. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I've been in bands with people that I've literally not spoken to before and it's been really awkward so I feel, yeah. I always feel like it's best to be in bands with friends even if that might kind of challenge the friendship a little bit mm-hmm. it kind of that always works out better than kind of just getting together with oh you can play drums oh you can play guitar yeah. it, I've never had a band that's worked that, like that very no. well but you know that's just my experience you might have a completely different
1: um, who knows I think it definitely helps to get on with mm. The people. And I think, I mean, sometimes you start a band with people that you don't know and then the friendship kind of comes after. of yeah. um, Which, yeah, is equally good. But, um, yeah, I can't imagine being in a band with people that I didn't actually get on with, like, as people. And particularly as well, I think something that is really important to me is people that share those same kind of values as well. Like, I couldn't be in a band with someone who's sexist Yeah. Or (laughs) you know, shavenistic or whatever. Yeah. Um, that just wouldn't work for me. Mm. Um because I'd want the music to also be kind of underpinned by those kinds of values, I guess. So
0: Yeah. I don't think yeah. yeah, I don't think I could see that happening really, if like you were sort of placed in a situation where none of the songs meant anything Mm. or it was kind of just like throwaway stuff, I don't think you be consciously happy with that mm. just from knowing what you're like. I don't think that'd work. No, does that make sense? Yeah, think, yeah. yeah, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been amazing to spend time talking to yeah. you about music. I don't think we've talked this long about music ever before. So no, this is really cool. well,
1: it's probably just our longest conversation, just generally, music or otherwise. Possibly, yeah. I was
0: just gigs and yeah. And in the practice room and stuff. So, yeah. so.
1: And it's probably the most sober conversation as well that It we've is, had, and none so. of us,
0: neither of us, have had a drink. So. No. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We can do it. Yay. Awesome. All right. Cool. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> finish with this Way song. So this is uproar. Um. Thanks, Laura.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>